0: This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! the Gore! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark, and I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English Professor. It is I, the English Professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE Superstar Duke, the Dumpster, Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Welcome back to another Can Crushers Spotlight. My name is Mark Martinez. Some people around here call me Z-Mark. Yep, my mom named me correctly. I'm a Mark for wrestling, and I love sitting down and talking to professional wrestlers. Guys, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and this next spotlight has been in the hopper for a little bit, but we wanted to do it as a year end. 2020 has been a big pile of shit, but let me tell you, the, oh, how can I say it, the passion, the push, the drive, the perseverance that our guest today has uh, to battle her demons and everything is a great year to end 2020, a great way to end the year 2020. Let me stumble upon that and just let it all hang out. I'm um, speaking none her of the vivacious, vicious Vicky. Some people know her by triple V. I don't think anybody knows her by triple V. Maybe she goes by that. I should ask her that. But, yeah, there might be a copyright or something there. But, guys, to hear this story about Vicky and how she's battled from... Let's just put it out to her deathbed uh, and her addictions and everything is a great way to end 2020 and bounce into 2021 fresh, humble, happy, and taking every day as it comes. Man, this is, this is going to be great. I can't wait to get into the story and we'll touch on it on the other side once we're done with the interview. Holy moly. But we have to do one thing first. We got to take care of our homeboy. Al Snow in Collar and Elbow. Guys, you know it. You've been listening to, uh, I don't know, two years now. Hats, hoodies, tees. You know, you heard the English professor. He got some new merch. My new merch came. I'm so excited for everything Collar and Elbow is doing. And uh I didn't get my pair of sweatpants, so I, I have to kind of throw my wife under the bus for that one. But I'm going to order a pair right now after this interview. Guys, use our promo code can all one word capital c and can capital c and crushers and you'll save yourself 10 percent off your entire order after we hear al we'll be back with vicky to hear horror ro- re- redemption story man it's like i'm drinking already wrestling a love and a passion we all share Is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. And welcome back to Can Crushers, guys. I told you in the opening that I was really excited to have Vicious Vicky come on the show and if not for anything else, just life in general and what she can do for you and her new business and everything. This woman is very busy when everybody else is shutting down. Vicki, welcome to Camp Crushers. How are you doing this?
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, second of all, COVID sucks. I just yeah. want to put that out there now because it's just an absolute torture rack. No pun intended, um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm hanging out right now. I'm doing the best I can with what I got, you know.
0: Right, right. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into this, and it's gonna be probably a shit show because that's how our spotlights go, and our fans know that because they've come accustomed <laughs> to me and John just throwing stuff against the wall, and you guys bailing us out.
1: Oh, great! Okay, that sounds <laughs> like my kind of time.
0: Good. <laughs> good so in 2019 you legit were taking the world by storm you you had a WWE tryout you were all over the place and then as we said COVID just drains the hell out of us so let's start with 2019 and we'll do a little bit of rewind with some questions but uh, WWE tryout in your year and a half into the business can we talk about that right off the bat
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't even a year and a half in. When I got the call, it was like, I was like 10 months in. And by the time that the tryout happened, I was like a year. So I was like, wow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I thought it was a joke. I remember I was at work and I got the email and I, you know, you get like, when you're subscribed to the network, you get like, you know, WWE network emails. and the so stock much email junk. Yeah. Yeah. And I just saw WWE and I just overlooked it. But then like a couple hours later, it was literally like two hours later, I was like in my head going, wait, WWE recruit. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I was like, what? So then I went back in the emails and I was like, you've been invited to the December tryout. I was like. I was at work. I literally went what? like real loud Everyone was like, what, what? And I'm like, I'm going to WWE. Like, <laughs> I like reacted like a kid. Like I was like, holy crap. That- so basically, you know, that was in itself, like just to be like so early in the business and to get like an email like that, like granted, like I applied online and sent my stuff in and whatnot. Like we all do, you know what I mean? But just, you know, to have been on the central radar, with that little time in, um, you know, I did NXT extra work in Florida, and when I was eight months in, so I was kind of, you know, I guess put out there, you know, already. But when I went there, man, it was, it was something that I will never forget. Obviously, you know, it was something that I definitely like. I wrote down notes. I, you know, to be like locked up with William Regal and and all these different things that I did and learned and, and retained, nonetheless. Uh, it was a four-day tryout, you know, the first day was just, uh, you know, checking in and vitals and all that stuff, physical and everything, and then it was three days of waking up at six in the morning, going to the PC at, you know, like seven thirty eight o'clock, and doing like 100 squats, all these different things that they had us do warm up before we even started. Um, there was like six rings, like it was just intense, but I prepared myself because I knew a few guys um, and girls in the business who had had tryouts and I had asked them like, Hey, like, what am I in for? Cause everyone was like, even my trainer at the time was like, your cardio has got to be on point. So I just busted my ass in the gym and did cardio every day. Like just to get used to being like blown to bits basically. Um, and I, hung, I hung man, you know, I was very proud of myself. I people, some people were stopping puking and it was just an, I hung. I, I did. And I, um, I was lucky number one. I don't know if they went by our last names, but I was number one. I had to wear number one wristband, and I had to go first for everything. Oh. And the first, it was it was intense. The first day that we we went there, it was promo day, and I didn't know that they were doing it based off your number. I just thought that was my number. I thought they were gonna like you know lottery it, and it was promo day, so they made us get in our gear and everything, and they were like. All right, everyone, we're doing promos today, blah, 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 blah. Ten minutes later, all right, Victoria Andriola. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I'm like, there's 42 people here, and I'm going first. You've got to be kidding me. But I, I did it. And, you know, unfortunately, um, Vicious Vicky, Vidacious Vicious Vicky, was not fully born at that point. I was um, a valet of my then-boyfriend, uh, Nikos Ricos, and, you know, I was, just starting to find myself. I was just starting to get away from Valley Vicky. You know what I mean? Right. So I, you know, I knew what I was doing, but I was still so new and fresh and I didn't have my character yet. So I was a little nervous, you know, whatever. I didn't really, I remember walking down like the think of the last day we had like tryout matches for those who were wrestlers. Obviously the athletes didn't do that. And I remember walking down the ramp and I heard, somebody say i think it was norman smiley say to somebody else next to him like what's the gimmick and i'm like damn it like like you know what i mean like there was no gimmick to me it was just i was in these blue and black and white greek colors i wasn't even greek you know like i i was vicious vicky but i didn't show that like it was it was rough you know but i did get really good feedback you know obviously i didn't get the call but you know, I did get really good feedback from the likes of, like, William Regal and Matt Bloom, and uh, Robbie Brookside was amazing. So, I mean, I had all these people really, you know, telling me that, like, listen, like, you got it. You just you just got to get more experience and whatnot. Like, it wasn't bad. So, you know, I left with my head held high, knowing that I wasn't going to get the call. But I left with my head held high, thinking, you know what? I'll get him next time, you know. And, and, and William Regal even said that to me. He said, once you find your gimmick, you know, once you find who this vicious Vicky is, you'll know. And I did. You know, shortly after that, I started evolving. So, definitely one for the books, man. And I can't wait till things are normal and I can possibly get another chance again. So,
0: but like you said, you you left your head held high, and that doesn't mean that once everything starts back up, because even WWE has taken a tanking. Uh, and I'm not speaking yeah. ill of this of COVID. Next week, everything opens back up. You're in their hopper because you said you did some stuff with NXT and everything. They could call you and say, all right, you're not going to be Vicious Vicky. You're going to be Torable Terry or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, you have to change your name. Um, so you're on their radar, at least.
1: Oh, yeah. And when we left the the last day, the one of the guys there even said to us, he was like, listen, he goes, you guys are, you know, if you, you're in this system now, you're on our radar. You know, he said, don't be discouraged if you don't get a call. And that's when, like, Damien Priest, will you stop my dog? like a psychopath. He's biting me.
0: Good, um, because <laughs> I just got a 10-week-old dog right now, and he's running around the house. Like, he just discovered our <laughs> house is a circle. So he's having
1: track practice tonight. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so my, my, mine's having chewing practice. He's acting like a psychopath because I'm not paying attention to her. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, even Damien Priest was there at my tryout, and he was like, you know, this uh, he's like, I can't tell you how many tryouts that I've had. You know, like, and Johnny Gargano. Like, all these guys have had so many tryouts before they finally got the call. And they're, like, amazing talent. Right. Um, you know, so it's it, – the guy let us know, like, listen, like, you are on our radar. Now that you've had a tryout, you are on our radar. doesn't matter if you, you know, feel discouraged or you don't get a call right away. You're in our system. You're on the radar. So that's why I, I try to post – I try to keep myself very professional. I put it out there. You know um, my story and whatnot because I totally, 100% believe that it's empowering and it's 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 a huge thing for you know the likes of a WWE or an AEW or somebody to see that you know look at this person who's overcome all these things and that's not an egotistical thing of me to say that's the truth you know I'm I'm proud of myself for everything I did so you know with that being said like that's why I try to carry myself also as a professional you know like I I, I don't post anything like other than you know, maybe, like, some selfies and maybe some wrestling stuff, some clips. You know, I make a lot of my own videos of my own, like, you know, like, a compilation of myself. Like, I, I do a lot of things behind the scenes for myself. You know, like, I don't really, you know, I did one promo with, like, GoPro Wrestling because I know the guys over there really well and and whatnot. But for the most part, I do everything on my own. Like, I literally am an independent wrestler. Like, I really, you know, with my music, like, you know, like, I just do everything on my own. So... But I I try to keep an image of you know professionalism at all times. So you know because I know they're watching. You know whether whether anyone would believe they are or aren't, I know that they are. You know I'm friends with some people um, you know that are in like producers and stuff like that. So I just try to keep you know everything
0: to a T for sure. You are a walking media um, trailer or <laughs> whatever. And recently I found out. And I wasn't going to come with this this early, but you've already you've already gave me a softball. You have no idea what Twitch is. You, you, no clue what Twitch is.
1: Not a clue in the world. I, I mean, I know what it is. because Quick thing, I have this, like, obsession with Resident Evil video games. And this is going to sound really weird. Don't judge me. But once in a while, like, the gameplay is so good of all those games, especially the like, older ones. Like, the gameplay and the storylines are so amazing. That, like, I've actually gone on Twitch to watch somebody play the video game with the cut scenes and everything. Like, I, I used to watch my sister playing growing up, and then I fell in love with it. So, it's like, if I'm not playing it, I'll watch someone play. It's so weird. So, I know that, like, it's a game. I thought, I thought it was strictly, like, a gaming thing. If I needed a cheat, how to figure out something in a game, I would go to Twitch. Like, I, I never knew that there was, like, more levels to it until, like, I saw, like, some WWE people, and I'm like... Kind of overlooked what they were posting. I would just see, oh, live on Twitch, and I'm like, yeah, keep going. But I think Lita did something with Twitch or something else, and I was like, huh, ah, I'll watch this because I'm a huge Lita fan. But we'll get into that. We'll get so, into it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, for the most part, I have no like, no idea what the hell I'm doing with that. I made a joke. It was a joke. I was like the other day. I was like, I don't know what Twitch is other than like something I do in my sleep. Like I don't I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I'm willing to learn. So.
0: Well, anytime you need help, we're here to help you. We can send you some, uh, okay. you help me get fit, I'll help you with Twitch. Deal? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so you also mentioned NXT. Um, did I see you in the Congo line one time?
1: Yes. Um, I think I did that twice. Um, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, yeah, that was that was really fun. So that was cool to be out there. I remember when I went out there, I was like, it was, a, it was a main event taping, but it was a Monday Night Raw. Right. And I I remember walking out in that arena, and I'm just like, wow. Like, I like I just felt something, you know? And I walked back, and I was like, I want more of that shit. I said that as I was walking past all these people. I didn't give a, I didn't give a shit. I was like, damn, I want more of that. Like, just that adrenaline of just being not a, like a stupid whatever. Like, I was dressed as, I don't even know what I was dressed as. But like, but I when I walked like just walking out there like that was like wow I that, I need to be here like this is where I need to be so I got I got to get there.
0: Besides the PC, was that the the biggest rush you've had in your life, wrestling wise?
1: Um, uh, I would say that and the and and the the tryout are like hand in hand. Okay. At first, um, I when I did the extra work in NXT at Full sale, that you know I that was on my own dime and everything and I went out there and I was there for one taping so they did like five shows or whatever but it was before they were live of course and I remember walking through the doors and like the first person in greet me was like Road dog. and I'm like whoa wow. he's like hey you're a pretty lady and I'm like yo I'm like hey what's up like Sean so Michaels walked past me and then Triple H said hello and I'm like in my head I'm going what is happening like you know a lot of those people that were there as extras have been there like a bunch of times because i talked to them and asked them but i'm like for me like eight months into wrestling and i'm flying to florida to go be an extra for nxt i'm like that's, what? that's like big. you know what i mean like yeah insane being in that environment i remember like i teared up a little bit like when i was sitting waiting while they were like going over the matches and the entrances and everything they've done before it was live of course and I'm like looking around. I'm going like, oh, hell, what can I end up here? Like I, like I was like, it was just like a moment, you know. But again, it's not me. On my, this might sound really good or bad, but it's just the truth. And I don't like to put myself over, but sometimes I do. Um, I, uh, I'm very humble, you know. And I just, I, I didn't talk about it for a long time because I just felt like, what am I going to get from that? Telling everybody, I go to WWE tryout oh yeah, I was an extra okay great what are you doing with that like my head never got big my head never gets big and I'm blessed because I've met a lot of people in the business whose heads are exploded at this point for and sure I, I'll never get that even, even if I make it big I'll just never get that way you know it's just it, for me it's just it's it's gratitude it's it, it's feeling blessed and you know I guess maybe because of my background and where I came from but it's it never gets old, man. You know, it
0: never gets old. So. And we'll get into that. Well, uh, good segue for me. You're going to do the job for me, I guess, and I'm just going to keep throwing you softballs. Um, <laughs> your your background, and we'll get there, uh, leads you to be humble, Vicki. Uh, everything that has happened, you've come from um, – As I said before we went on the air, it's an amazing story and more people need to hear it. It's out there, but, you know, maybe my group didn't get to hear the whole thing. So let's do our rewind as we normally do. Who introduced you into wrestling? You know, uh, who was it? Mom, dad that loved it, Uncle Rick, Grandpa, anybody? (laughs) Not mom.
1: Definitely not mom. Not mom. (laughs) (laughs) So my sisters actually watched it growing up and they were huge fans, huge, like diehards. Um, and I remember, like, I have a really, really weird memory. Like I remember like being young. I really do like being like four or five. Like I really remember it. And um, I was like four or five. I want to say it was like 97 when I was like four or five. And, I remember vividly one night, like my sisters were watching watching TV, and it was the the Birch truck incident with Stone Cold. Nice. And I remember like being I remember like being like glued to the TV. Like my sisters had it on in our basement at the time. We had a basement that we used to hang out in, and I remember I was like sitting in front of the TV, like, "What is this?" Like, you know, I couldn't. I remember saying, "Like, who's that? Like, what's that?" Like, it was just enticing as a kid, you know, and um. Shortly after that, it was just you know my sisters watched it weekly, and I made sure I was sitting right next to them watching it, and it was just it was incredible. I was went to preschool one one year with a stone cold shirt on underneath my dress, and I got in trouble (laughs) because it was like and uh you know I didn't get in trouble trouble, but you know they called my mom. Obviously, they knew my mom didn't put that on me, so (laughs) you know it was it was you know. But my parents never like. They were never like, you can't watch this crap. Like, you know, they, they let us do it and watch it and whatever. But then I would say a like year into watching wrestling, I was like five or six, maybe I want to six, probably five or six. And um, I remember me and my sister were like wrestling around on our bed. And there was like a hook that came out of the, the window sill, I guess, to hang clothes. I'm not sure what it was there for. And I went to give her an elbow drop, and I it, the hook went right in my armpit. I still have to sit, like far to this day. I had to go to the hospital. Oh possible. my it was god! Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and my mom's like, "Oh, now it's just wrestling shit." Like you know. <laughs> then it became a problem, but they still never took it away because they knew that we we loved it so much and and whatever. But uh, but yeah, I was definitely introduced it by my sisters. I I've shared. Me and my sister Christina went to go see the Hardys when I was seven in two thousand one. At a compact disc world in New Jersey, they don't even have that anymore. Because who uses compact discs, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we went. I went to see them, and I met very, very few wrestlers. Um, just financial reasons, of course. You know, you know, you can't always get it paid for. It was very expensive. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, definitely my sisters for sure. So,
0: you brought up the Hardys, um, I'm one to always play the game, uh, let me see who uh, Vicky is as a wrestler, and you're a fool, not you, uh, if you don't know that uh, you take a little bit from the Hardys, you take a little bit from, I say, Eddie Guerrero, and then you take a lot from Lita, because,
1: uh, are those your faves of all time? So I do love Eddie. Um, wasn't my favorite of all time, but I really, really, like, try to study him a lot as a heel because he's just amazing. Um, and the Hardys and Lita, forever, man. You know, I, I have Lita's name tattooed on my neck. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, definitely definitely a obsessed craze fan. If anybody knew me growing up, which a few people in the indies do, um, I've been following the likes of, like, a Sean Donovan, a Justin Carino, a Falaba. Um, you know, two of the refs that are in WWE now, Danilo and uh, Bennett. Like, there's a lot of guys that are out there that I've known since I was a kid watching indies. And I've always been obsessed with Lita. <laughs> like, always. Um, so, for me, like, I try to incorporate my own thing. But I try, like, you know, like, I'll do Matt Hardy's side effect. Or, you know, like, I originally was doing the uh, inverted DDT as opposed to Lita's inverted twist of feet. You know, um, the way that I kind of carry myself and do the hair flip is very heel Lita. Um, you know, I can't be baby face Lita cause I can't go backwards yet. Someday. But, Someday. So okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know, other than that, you know, like the red hair, like I, the tattoos, like I try to, you know, take from her cause I, again, I, she's my idol. I love her to death. And I just, I think she's literally one of the best, her and Trish are the best to ever do it. Um, and yeah, so I mean, and then Eddie Guerrero with the frog slash that I'm, you know, still, I don't know about a five star, maybe a three. Um, three and a half. You know, so I mean, okay. it's, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's definitely, definitely my inspirations. I have a whole collection on my wall. I'm looking at them right now. I have one little shelf with Lita and Trish from the Evolution and their little DVD, Lita's book, Lita's like little hand things. The Hardys, when they were brewed, I have those figures. I have Team Extreme. Then on another shelf, I have all Jeff and Matt Hardy. And then on another shelf, I have all Lita. So it's uh, safe to say that I'm a uh, yeah Team Extreme, Mark, for sure. Are, aren't we all, Mark, though? So, aren't we all? 100%. Yep. So you have a great
0: story about, one, your first event sitting up in a nosebleed. I want you to tell that. And then – when you actually got to meet Lita for the first time, um, I- I'm making you tell the Lita story just so I could rip on you a little bit because I know a little bit about you and I wanna I, I wanna say something uh, nicely, but just to get some more out of you. So give us those stories okay. re- real quick uh, about your first event and what you did at this first event.
1: Okay, so yeah, I was it was a RAW, I believe, and this was like 2000. Three or maybe four I'm not sure Maybe like 2003 was, I think it was when she just came back from her neck injury It was shortly after that And uh, and I was sitting Like I'm not joking Like There was like four seats behind me and that was it Like that was the end of it And I remember she was a tag match Probably with Trish I'm not sure when they were doing their thing But I remember she was on the apron And I was real quiet for a minute Like it was like you know Like you go to a live show Like it gets quiet for a little bit Not long but it's like quiet so I looked at my sister and I went, screw it. I went, I love you, Lena And she turned around and did the thing, the the, 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 the guns. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm up here. <laughs> like, I was like, holy crap. And in my head, it could have been like someone in the front row could have said something. But she didn't look in the front. She, like, knew it came from us and she, like, did the thing. And I was like, I'm done.
0: That's it. So well, that my life is over. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was like, well, that was great. I went home. I slept real good that night. You know, it was it was amazing. Um Yeah. And then I met her. It took years to meet her. Um I met her for the first time at a PWS, which used to be WrestlePro um, in 2013. And uh, a couple of the guys, like I said, that I've known for most of my life, uh, they uh, were like, uh, Vicky, Lita's going to be here. You might want to come. And I'm like, you bet your bottom dollar I'll be there. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I met her and it was, it was awkward. <laughs> my cousin was with me and he was like, show her the tattoo. And I'm like, no, she doesn't think I'm crazy. Um, but you know, she was really super sweet and nice. And I got my picture with her. The pictures came out awful because my cousin cannot take a proper picture, but it's a memory. I have the little, you know, eight by 10 on my wall looking at me right now with another one from 2001 psycho fan, but you know what? It is what it is. So And how did you shake her hand
0: is the word I'm getting to?
1: Two hands.
0: (laughs) The Italian, the old school Italian off the boat two-handed shake. I'm Italian as well, so I know that from my grandmother.
1: I literally went up to her and I was like, I took one hand and I, I have a picture of it. I cupped her hand with both my hands and I said, you are an amazing person. You're an inspiration to me. I love you, I said, and thank you so much for everything you've done, because you inspired me to chase my dream, and she was like, oh, that's so nice, of course, I'm like, oh, good, <laughs> little did she know, it still took me years to get in the ring after that, but, yeah, so.
0: And, again, perfect segue, uh, first, what was your, what was the real deciding factor, yes, as the little sixth grader, you knew you were going to do this, and some things hit, but, before we get to the big story, um, what finally pushed you to say, "Damn it, I'm going"?
1: Well, I mean, it was like I said, literally my entire life, it was a dream. Um, no questions asked. It was. I always share this because it's so funny, and I, I just love saying it. Literally from preschool to high school, what do you want to be when I grow up? What is your dream job? What do you want as a career? Pro wrestler pro wrestler, pro wrestler, pro wrestler, pro wrestler every single year. And as I got older in high school, people were laughing at me. And I was was a little, I had an attitude on me then. But I'm like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, what? I can't be a wrestler? I was like, look at all the hottest, there's there's hot women who are in the WWE. You're going to tell me I can't do it? And they shut up. Like, you know what I mean? And I actually made a bet with somebody in sixth grade that I'm friends with to this day still. And I told him I was going to be signed to the WWE. And when I actually had the tryout, I texted him and I was like, dude, he goes no effing way. <laughs> I'm like, I don't... so it was always a dream. It was always a dream. But I, after I battled what I battled and whatnot, um, it took, uh, took a few years, but I remember like sitting down, maybe like, and we'll get into that, you know, my addiction and whatnot, but three years sober, I remember sitting down at the table with my parents. I think it was, uh, Thanksgiving. Yep. It was Thanksgiving because I started Halloween and I looked at my parents and I said, you know, my parents real quick were supportive, but not they, they thought it was like a pipe dream. You know, my mom had paid for youth clinics when I was younger and everything for me to get a taste. Like my mom, my dad was like, this is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Like he wasn't trying to be like shutting my dreams down. He just didn't think that it was possible. Like he really thought that it was like it's a pipe dream. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna you know ruin your life, or you know you're you're not gonna make it, or it's not gonna happen. Like you're not gonna be in the WWE. Like you, you know like it not so, like, it was discouraging at the time. It definitely was. But as I got older, I realized he wasn't trying to discourage me. He just was trying to look out for me, you know. But I took it as for years. I took that as I'm never gonna do this, and it led to a lot of destruction in my life but anyway um that no that's
0: actually where we're going um before the destruction do you think dad wanted you to have something in hopper because come on let's face it um edge made a remarkable comeback daniel Bryan made a remarkable comeback there's people that haven't from one quick move did he he wanted you to have you know, be a pharmacist or an RN or, you know, whatever, uh, work at Walmart. He wanted you to have something in the hopper um, in case that happened, right?
1: Yeah, he was very, my dad's very realistic. You got to have a job. You got to have a job. You got to have a career. You gotta, and it's like, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's not like, That's you know, like if I see I'm a job because I'm a job hopper because it's not what I want to do. Right. So, like, I can't hold down a job because I'm just not happy at it. That's why I'm trying to do something that I will enjoy because I hate, I hate nine to five. I hate being a slave to the system. I want to do what I want to fucking do. And I'm getting hopped up about it because I hate society and I hate the fact that I have to go work a nine to five that I hate. and want to rip my hair out of my head every day when I could be doing something that I love, which is why I'm trying to really put all my effort into it. But anyway, so Thanksgiving and I sat my parents down and I said, I'm going to wrestling school um, in a few weeks and they were not discouraged. They were like, wow. Okay. And I was like, listen, I was like, guys, I've thought about this in my addiction and out of my addiction. I will regret this for the rest of my life. If I don't do this, I said, I've never left my head. It never left my soul and heart. I couldn't watch wrestling for years because I felt like I should be there. I'm like, so if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. I don't want to live with regrets. So they were very supportive and they come to all my shows within, you know, if they're like local and whatnot, all my shows, super supportive. Like so, and then when I got the tryout, my dad was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "I told you." <laughs> I was like, "I told you guys, like, just stay tuned because I'm grinding away." So, but yeah, it was it was more of not wanting to live with regrets for sure. Did
0: then we'll really get to the addiction part. Did anybody come to Florida with you and take a little mini vacation while you were at the PC?
1: No, no, they they, they flew me out. They flew
0: me out and paid for my lodging and everything. So that was all me by myself. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. uh, all right. Now, this is where you become very humble in life. And this is the story that uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to our, our buddy, um, former IWC Women Champion, Raylan. You had an amazing match with her. But Raylan yeah. kind of worked together together. Uh, to get this set up for us. So she's like, you need to have, um, Vicky on to tell the story. Um, and this is where you battle back and you become the wonderful human being. You are full of motivation, small, full of smiles. And you do want to take care of everybody because this is at the tail end now. Um, you have a new business coming too, but let's talk about this addiction. Um, how young, uh, how did it start? How much do you wanna, I want to, A lot's out, but how much do you want to open up and say, here's my story. And this is what I had to go through because I saw a picture of you in a hospital bed on one side that you posted and on the other side, you're holding the championship. And I'm like, damn, that's, that's five years. You, you, you cleaned your, your shit together and you has taken over uh, independent wrestling. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. I, I'm, I'm, very open and sharing it um so for me you know uh it was like I was introduced to like the typical things that kids are introduced to in high school like pot and drinking and all that you know uh, but I was an athlete I was like a stellar softball player um you know I had opportunities to go to like five different colleges just for my for my softball that I didn't go to um but I you know, it was kind of like the. At first, I was always a goody-two-shoe. Like I got in mischief and whatnot as a kid, but like I was usually like a good kid. You who know, and I
0: yeah, who doesn't?
1: Yeah. So I in high school, I was like, nah, man. I, I I did smoke pot, and that was it. I was like, oh, that's not a big deal or whatever. But then I started drinking. I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal either. Everyone's doing it, and then like people were doing pills and ecstasy and all these things. And I said no for like two years. In high school, I was like, no, man, I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, no, no, no. I was like, you're like, you're lucky I'm drinking. Like, you know, I was like, no, no, I got a game tomorrow or no. I'm like, you know what I mean? It was always an excuse. I wasn't the best student. I actually just looked at my transcript the other day. because I had to send it to to send it to somebody and I'm like, wow, I was a terrible student. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so I, uh, Senior year of high school, and I, I've had like a really bad um, experience as well with like relationships and men too. Um, and I share that as well because it was just so bad. Um, when I was, tw- I'm gonna try to make this story as fast as possible. But when I was like 12, um, I was in eighth grade, and December 1st, 2006, I lost my uncle of a massive heart attack. Um, April 14th, 2007, I lost my dad's dad. Of, you know, old age and cancer. And then May of 2007, I lost my mom's dad, who was like my man. Oh my God. Um, so it was like, boom, boom, boom. It was like a domino effect. And that really fucked me up. You know, I really did. Um, you know, besides my father and, and, and whatnot, they were like the pillars of my family, you know, like For those sure. four men, my, my my other uncle as well, but we don't really see him as much. No, no bad blood or nothing. They just, we just don't really see them as much, but I know my other uncle, if I need him, he's there to pinch. But, um, you know, those are my men, you know, and from there on, um, started like depression and, um, you know, trying to, I, I only, I only know this from a a therapist, um, but it was due to like me trying to find a boyfriend and a love and and a man was almost like replacing what I lost in them, you know? Um, and I went through high school with boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend and, you know, I had one year where the guy hit me and abused me. Um, I had one year where the guy—I uh, actually was assaulted at 16 years old by someone who knew my sister. He's now dead, so R.I.P. Um, you know, it—it's—it it, uh, it was a tough high school. Was tough for me because I was very popular, but a lot of shit happened to me. A lot of bad things happened to me, and it—I it was always like, did I put myself in these situations? Probably. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't think I deserve getting my ass beat for eight months from a guy that I was actually scared of even at 16 years old. That shouldn't be happening. Correct. Um, you know, I have a restraining order on him. He's locked away. Um, and uh, so when I was a fresh, uh, senior, I mean, I met a guy who was amazing. He was awesome. I, I actually have written this story about this per- pertaining to this story, essentially for a blog and um i mentioned his name james he he's uh gone three years now from a heroin addiction as well um but he was a great guy all around nothing bad to say my family nothing bad to say but um when i was with him for about three years we were we started using that's when pills really ramped up and people were doctor shopping if you know what i'm saying like it was bad where i lived and uh You know, the pills turned to heroin, and the heroin turned to cocaine, and then the cocaine, it just was a domino effect for me, and I um, didn't realize what addiction really was. You know, my grandfather was an alcoholic who was completely recovered when he passed for years. So I knew addiction ran in my family, but I was so naive to it that I didn't know that that's what I was playing with. I thought I was just getting high and having a good time until one day I realized, why do I feel sick right now? And I'm like, holy shit, I'm withdrawing. Like you know, I I was like, okay, now I'm physically addicted. Couldn't stop, man. Um, Just couldn't. I tried. I just couldn't do it on my own, and it just really wild. I would say for like four years ish, I was just all screwed up. Um, No one really knew because I never got to a point where I was like, I was out of control, but not like out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like some people would be like, "Are you sick? Like, are you okay?" Like I never looked. Like I never lost like all this weight. You know what I mean I never you were hidden
0: life. you were hidden and I I hate to use this word but it just popped in my head and if I don't get it out that's the way you were a hidden junkie right
1: that and I was a functioning addict for sure yep okay um absolutely so when I graduated high school I was still with the guy and you know eventually a few like maybe two years later my parents relocated um and I moved with them Well, they were just went from North Jersey to south that was it and um You know, when I moved, I was like, shit, how am I getting my stuff now? (laughs) Like, you know, and then I found a way. There's a will, there's a way when you're an addict, you know, you figure it out. Um, I've done some terrible things with my family, like stealing stuff and selling stuff and terrible, terrible things that they've forgiven me for, thank God. But uh, just awful, awful. Um, And, uh, you know, it it was was rough, you know. And once I I finally got to a point, uh, I went to rehab and... uh, You know, always falling in love and finding love and trying to fill the void. I was always trying to fill some sort of void with men. I don't know what it was. Um, But it was also like like replacing the drugs, too. Because when I was all screwed up on drugs, I really didn't have a boyfriend or anything like that. So I was just in love with the drugs, you know. Um, It was your pillar. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I I went to rehab my first one. And I, you know, I, I was sniffing heroin. I was doing heroin. I wasn't injecting it yet went to rehab for my first time and uh, I left, I I went to a sober living house and I did about four months clean. And one day I just woke up and this girl was on the same page as me. She was not doing well either. And I was like, I want to shoot heroin. And she's like, okay. And I just, I was just out of nowhere. Like that's addiction, I guess. And I, you know, got the stuff. I was living near Atlantic city. I was in Vetner city, which is outside of AC. So I walked into Brown's park. There's all drug dealers by myself, a little, little girl like i was like 22 or whatever like walking in, walking down this park and just get like it was crazy dude um can't believe the things that i've done and and i started shooting her when it was bad i overdosed um like maybe a month into that only lasted like a month i overdosed my parents thought i was sober the whole time and my friends had to actually call my parents and instead of calling the ambulance for whatever for a reason they called my parents like i could have died like, right. you know, like, uh, they just left me, like, in the bathroom freaking out. Like, it was not because they didn't care. They just don't, when you're an addict, like, you just don't know what to do. Me, if I'm all screwed up and my friend's face down, I'm gone. I don't give a shit how much drugs I have on me. I'm not going to let my friend die in front of me. Like, you know, that's just made up. Um Anyway, so after that, I went right to another rehab. And um, I was out for so long when I overdosed in the bathroom that my eyes were pretty much shut for about a week. Um, I had a bruise on my face because all the blood rushed to my face that I couldn't even open my eyes. Um, It was bad. I actually might, I might at some point ask the treatment center because I know them well because I went there twice for a picture when I first went in for intake because it it was bad. Like I, it literally looked like someone punched me in the face. I couldn't even open my eyes. Oh man. Um, Yeah. So did that rehab, um, fell in love, (laughs) fell in love, Moved in with the guy, and uh, that lasted about two months. We were shooting heroin down in North for about two months. So that that didn't last long either. Didn't overdose that time, thank God. And um, my parents were like, you know what? Enough of this crap. Uh, you're going you're going to Arizona. I'm like, excuse me? They're like, we're shipping you out. Because you need to get out of the area. I'm like, okay. So... I fought it at first, but then I was like, I, there was always that part of me that didn't want to be doing it anymore. So I was just like, all right, I gotta go. So I got on the freaking plane, six-hour plane ride, and, uh, you know, went to Arizona, um, did a treatment there for 30 days. I left against medical advice with two guys who wanted to go to Cali and start a band. So I was like, then let's go. Um, the kid, the kid had a house in Calabasas, so we went, and I, we were sober. We weren't looking to get high or nothing, because we really weren't. We were going to meetings, everything. And guess who was the first to relapse in a place she had no idea where she was? Me. <laughs> Pat um, on the back. I was, yeah, I was staying in his sister's room, and I was looking for like a, a shirt to wear because it was like chilly in in Cali that night, and and I. Went in the pocket and there was a Batman bag full of cocaine. And I'm like, damn. It. Like, I literally was like, I looked at it and I'm like, you've got to get in there. And I didn't touch that first. I was like, nope, 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 don't do it. What do you think I did 10 minutes later? <laughs> right up the nose. Like, it was like crazy. And then I called my dad and my mom. I was like, listen, can I please go back to the, the name of the treatment center was Ambrosia. It's not named that anymore, but I was there before, um, uh, this one in Arizona and I said can I please go back to the one at Ambrosia please because it was close to my parents house they could come visit me It was Christmas time was coming like I was in rehab for Thanksgiving for Christmas for my birthday like I was was in rehab awful lot four times to be exact and my dad was like done with me he was done and he did buy me a ticket so to go to the rehab so I went from LAX to Philly and they picked me up I did 60 days when I hit 30 I looked at my counselor and I said I need an extension please I was terrified to leave. I was terrified. So I did two months in rehab. And uh that that was it. You know, that that was the, the icing on the cake. That was uh, you know, having my family behind me and they they ended up coming to visit me and they saw that me wanting to extend obviously showed that I wanted to get sober. So I went to uh, I lived in PA for three years after that. I lived in a sober living house and everything who was an uh, acceptance house in County, PA I owe a lot to um i'll definitely shout his name out don full because he's this one of a kind man and he really has a good thing going over there and it helped me learn being an adult how to pay rent how to do all those things and i had to go to meetings i had to get drug tested and i eventually was a house manager of that house because i was so reliable and so sober and i was like everyone used to call me queen recovery because i was like at all the meetings i shared them all i used to speak i was like you know obviously I like to talk so I was like always asked to be to do speaking commitments and all that man and it was a hell of an experience and um you know I don't follow AA anymore or any of those programs because I found different ways to kind of deal with my addiction which is totally acceptable in my eyes you know I I just I haven't you know touched a drug or anything but I still just felt like I needed to kind of do my own thing after leaving CA and ever since man you know I've look back on all the things that i've done and i'm just like wow who is that person but i the person that i am today was always in there and i was just fighting the devil and you know and it comes back sometimes but they're not kidding when they say like you know i don't have the urge to use ever thank god never i'll never use again that is a statement that i will stamp deliver to whoever wants to hear it never again i have no desire but all the other things that come with addiction, like the, the character defect and the mental part where like you kind of lose yourself a little bit and you get a little down, depressed. It's all like these core things that make up an addict that people don't understand. You know, like addiction runs in many forms, whether it be a shopping addiction, a food addiction, a sex addiction, a drug addiction, whatever it is. There's, addiction is addiction, you know? And, and for me, I've learned that over time that that's just something that I can't put in my body. Nor do I want to. Like when I when I get hurt or I get a root canal or whatever, like I say or off the bat. I'm like, I'm an addict, I can't have that. You know, I, I had a doctor try to shove Xanax down my throat and I'm like, Did you not hear me that I'm a recovering addict? I can't take pills. Like <laughs> I don't know what you don't get. Like you know, so I'm very like open about that. But having that moment of nearly dying quite a few times and being down and out and not knowing what your life was going to be and thinking i literally thought that i was going to be a heroin action forever and die like that and i was okay with that when i was really in the grips of it and to feel on top of the world to be able to kind of look at people and say hey listen i've been there you can get through it too you know like it's, it's not an easy road but if you want something bad enough you're gonna get it and there's no one else that could stop you from doing it so that's pretty much my story in a nutshell that it's unbelievable.
0: There's so much to touch on, but I, I I, wanted, I want to say this. Uh, you mentioned that you had friends that have passed away. You should game. should have or could have or however you want to say it. Um, and I know you know you're reading stuff now. Do you think um, the man upstairs says this is not this is not your goal? this is not your goal you have uh have it be wrestling or whatever later on in life that you need to tell your story to to tell people what to do i mean i've never really talked to many people on drugs uh, that open up as much as you just did here on can crushers that if you save one person now that's that's huge for you isn't it
1: absolutely and it it's something that I've always done. Like once in a while I'll post like a video about it, mental health. Cause I, I I've been like suicidal before. Like I, I've literally been through, I've been through so much in a short amount of time that it's like, it's almost un, like unbelievable, you know, like even, you know, near, near death experiences and losing family members and Christmas time is always tough for me. Cause you know, I think of my, my, my grand, my grandfather and my uncle and whatever, and, you know, like it's it's always like a tough time. And, you know, I always like look back on everything and I'm just like, wow, I'm only 27 and I've been through the life of like a six year old and I've been through things that like no one should go through. You know, like it, it's not even like, and that's why I've always said like, I, I gotta do something with this. I'm not gonna let this ruin me. I'm not gonna let this like hold me back. And I've, I've had, you know, one of my, my not my most recent ex, my, my most recent ex boyfriend, Nikos Ricos, we're very good friends still and everything. So, but my ex before him, I was engaged to. and he, you know, I, I'm sure he'll never see this. And if he does, then he's breaking the law. Cause it's a restraining order. But, um, he's really, man, like I've been bullied and stuff in high school, like, you know, called the flaw and all those cliche things. You call somebody like for no reason. Um, you know, but I was also popular as well. So it was like a, it was like a, it was like weird. It was very contradicting, uh, in high school. It was very, very traumatizing for a 15, 16, 17 year old. Um, and I literally like he went so far to like bash me and try to ruin my wrestling career. Um, not that long ago, and uh, it, it, it was really traumatizing time. You know, it, it got really messy and, and dirty, and I had to like literally file a restraining order and, and take him, try to take him to court. But because it was such a misdemeanor kind of thing, they they kind of threw it out. But um, you know, just being harassed, I was harassed kid harassed in my older years you know like all these different things like i've just been through all, like what when what is when is it going to give you know and that's where i try to just like bite the bullet and remember everything that i've been through and then i'm still here still kicking and like if someone hears what i've been through they're like oh wow not to ever take away from anyone else's life and what they're going through but someone can hear my story and be like oh shit i don't really have it that bad or they could be like shit i relate to that i could do it too like there's there's and I had so many fans and people I can't reach I can't talk to everybody of course, but I've had so many people reach out to me like, you know, asking for advice, whether it be addiction, mental health and, and those people I definitely try to get back to because it's you know, they might be scared to to open up. I actually had a guy comment on my photo that I put up for my five year anniversary and he said something very negative that I was like, Wow He was like, Yeah, it's all bullshit. You're just a girl who's trying to well, a gloat or something, and I'm like, look at this guy. And you know how I took that? I, I messaged him back, and I said, listen, man, it's not BS. You know, you can do it too. And I really hope that you, you know, because he said he's been sober for two years, and nobody cares. And I said I care. And I responded really like politely, and he didn't even respond to that because like how how are you going to get? Because I know as an addict, someone who struggles, he's just mad because he feels like maybe he didn't amount to what he wants to in life. Yeah, he's sober. But these people need to realize whether it's a sobriety thing or a mental health thing that you're, that you're, you know, you have at bay. Be proud of that because you don't know. Like, first of all, life is too short in general. And that's why I'm really trying to nail everything that I want in life, whether it be, you know, a long-term commitment with somebody, whether it be wrestling being my life, whether it be having my dog or my family being safe and sound. You know, launching a business for personal training, whatever it is that I'm doing. Like, I I just feel like life is so short, you know, and like, why waste time? You know, if you, if you love, if you you trust, if you believe in everything that you're doing in life, like you're going to make the most of it. And that's the kind of person I've been since I was a kid. Like my parents always say, like, my grandmother always says it. She's the light in this family. She's going to be something like, I'm not mediocre. And I've never been like, I've been telling my parents, I was a kid, like, I'm going to be famous one day, or I'm going to do something big one day, or I'm going to be somebody big one day, like, that's just my personality. And that's just the kind of like heart that I have, my heart is so big. And that's why, like, you know, when bad things happen, it hurts so bad, because it's like, that's not me or the kind of life I want to live. So that's why I try to give back and try to put videos up there and try to put, motivational quotes and whatnot so people can understand like you're not alone like look in my life today my life today is the way that it is because I took a chance on myself to get better and actually trusted in other people to help me get there that's the whole the whole thing with this is there's someone else that I saw that I was like huh I want what they have followed their lead and now here I am waiting for people to take my hand so yeah I know I talk a lot but it's very powerful stuff man
0: it's very powerful it's very very much so isn't it? it essentially you leaned on somebody to give you help so you want to be that next pillar we we've used pillar a lot and that's what i feel that you are in the wrestling world and in life as general um i, I really do so not not fast-forwarding but all right so you you just come back and now how do you how do you decide where you're going for training as we shift back into the wrestling part of this?
1: Yeah, so it took about three years for me to three years of sobriety to really do it. I I had I was about two years sober, maybe a year and a half too, and I had contacted Pat Buck for free to pro because I knew I knew a lot of the guys in WrestlePro, so I uh contacted him. He was all you know ready for me to come and whatever and and i something unexpected happened to me um that not nothing terrible so i don't even have to really get into it but nothing terrible and uh i had to postpone it so i was literally literally supposed to start at uh it was a medical thing i uh i literally was supposed to start uh the next day i went to the doctor and she's like told me what it was and i'm like Sh- shit you know. <laughs> I'm going to wrestling school tomorrow. I I can't deal with this. She goes, honey, you can't. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was a big thing. So then it got pushed back another year. And then that's when I decided like, man, I am going to regret this forever. If I don't do this, I was so hungry for it. Cause I was sober. Like the lights were starting to turn on, you know, the fog was clearing that like, that, like, I guess like addict brain or brain fog, whatever you want to call it was like going away. Like life was making sense finally. And it was just like, it was time. You know, I felt like it was time. You know, I, I make jokes to my family all the time. I'm like, shit. I'm like, if you paid for my tuition when I was 19, 17 years old, I said I would be signed by now. My mom was like, probably. Like, you know, <laughs> I would have been somewhere by now. Um, I mean, I'm only 27. I'm still very agile and whatnot, so I'm not like worried about injuries, not going wood or anything. I'm very like still, like, still move. But you know, of course, I'm 27. I was 16, or you know, when I was doing, or 12 when I was doing youth clinics. You know, like. Things have changed and I'm thinking I could have been retired by now. <laughs> like living the life No Spot but shows, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So but it was it was it was time, you know, and that's when I sat my family down at Thanksgiving and told them and for whatever reason I usually go last on Thanksgiving. It's like a tradition. And I'm the baby of the family too. So maybe that's why, I don't know. But uh I'm always we always go around the table and I'm usually last to like say what I'm grateful for. I'm like my sisters are amazing women. Um, They both have their own story. My one sister as well, the recovering addict, we both shared that together. So that was tough, but she's years as well. And, um, you know, we both did the whole thing, not together, but, you know, we both lived that life. I was way worse than she was. Um, But, uh, you know, so I, you know, my family understands addiction more now. They were very supportive of that. But, you know, I uh, always say what you're grateful for on Thanksgiving. And this year I like kept it real, real short and I was like everything
0: you you kept something short no i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah.
1: <laughs> i know no i did i was like everything you know i i, I yeah. yeah
0: um you i there's so much to go uh let's go let's go your next five year goals um Where do you want to be? Uh, Of course, WWE, AEW, NWA, if it rolls back around, Impact. But, I mean, what else? Uh, What Overseas, what what else do you want to do in five years?
1: So, I'm pretty much open to everything. I mean, like, realistically, I'd love to travel more. Um, 2021 is going to be huge for me. I have a few things that I'm not going to disclose yet, but... Nothing, uh, you know, no major, major companies, but some pretty cool things going on for me in 2021, um, January, February to come. Um, you know, so I definitely would love to be in the WWE. I mean, that's, that's the end all be all creme de la creme. Like that's where you want to be. Um, but I'm totally open to AW. I think AW has a great product. Um, I have a lot of like people that I'm friends with. That I know who have been on dark, who have who are signed. I, you know, it's really cool to see the Northeast, especially, is exploding. Yes. AEW right now. Uh, it just goes to show you, man. Like Northeast is full of crazy talent. It's it's insane, girls and guys for sure. Um, so you know, I definitely five years I hope to be signed. Five years I hope to be married. Um, five years, I hope to be in my own home, not in a studio apartment that I actually really like, by the way, I love my little studio. Um, um, yeah, I hope to be on top of the world. Um, like literally, like I just really want to be able in five years from now, I want to be able to be like, I did everything that I wanted to do, but keep going. You know, like I want to, I want, that's what I want my goal to be. To look around me at five years and be like, I'm living my dream right now and just be content with that
0: and that includes a new business that um how how new are we talking here it's relatively new right with your personal training and everything
1: yes so um i'm definitely a new newly certified trainer but i have tons of experience with fitness and whatnot so it's not like i don't i'm blinded going into it um but uh yeah, I, I launched that. I'm, you know, I'm fully insured. I'm really trying to get a client base. I don't have any yet. It's very, very hard to market yourself. I'm really learning. But again, I'm doing all this on my own. I made launch signs to put outside stores. I have flyers I'm giving. I'm going to go hand out stores tomorrow. Like I have all these things, all these marketing techniques I'm doing all by myself. Uh, Facebook boosting ads, Instagram. Correlating little workout videos to put on my Instagram, like I'm doing all this. The website that I have, all me, like I do everything. Um, you know, I, obviously because I can't afford to hire people, but at the same time, I can actually do it. Right. You know, like I've always been very tech savvy and like creative and stuff. So that's why I have no issue doing, it. and I enjoy doing stuff like that. So, you know, like i really trying to like hit the hit the ground running. I've been sharing it, trying to plug away to get clients and. It's tough for sure, but you know I'm hoping that I get there sooner than later and you know start building a client base because I would you know I'm definitely open to in-person training, but I definitely you know know that I'm totally open to virtual as well because I can ex- you know expand my client base that way so
0: Wixsite is your is your website if you want to give that one out right now and then we'll touch on your social media later Wixsite is a great thing I'll tell you that's where we have our website Pfft, it's mm-hmm. easy it's easy for uh, I'm Communications major, but the other guys that help run it don't know their ass from the hole in the ground sometime, and they can make changes on it, so they're okay. Yes,
1: it's very user friendly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I, I didn't get the domain yet, so it has the Wix site dot, but it's uh, Fitness dot site dot com slash dying to live.
0: Yeah, guys. It's head- on
1: my Instagram. I have a, I have a Instagram Vicious Hustle Fitness and a Facebook Vicious Hustle Fitness, so
0: Yeah, guys, head over there, like those, um, ask away. She'll help. Uh one motivation, two, you know, physical uh strength and conditioning and everything. Vicky's here for you all around, really.
1: Yep, that's right. Absolutely.
0: Okay, this is uh back to back. Okay. Uh, what's the best advice that you got backstage or from any wrestler? And what's the best advice that you would give a youngster wanting to get into the business? So, uh, one for you, two for what you say.
1: So, I mean, basically, like it's something that if it's a like real, real lifelong dream of yours, like my suggestion is to like just go for it. You know, if it's something that maybe you're scared to talk about with your family and whatnot. You definitely, you know, it's something that's attainable and something that you definitely do. You know, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity because you think you can't do it. And if you can, like, more more so better. Like, you know, you want to you always chase your dreams. Because, again, you only have one life to live. And if there's something that's attainable that you can actually do that people are doing, go for it. Never let anybody stop you from living your dreams. Never.
0: And what's the best advice that you got? Same thing, more or less?
1: yeah i mean definitely i mean i've always had you know people tell me like chase your dreams like you know you're 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 you don't want to waste away your life you know things like that and it sticks with you you know it's something that and it was more so like myself just like really telling myself that too like i have this i'm gonna do it i'm very like i want this i'm gonna get it done i want to do it kind of person you know so yeah
0: um, a couple of weird questions that we ask, um, guilty pleasure for food. Are are you a foodie? I mean, you're in great shape and with the, but do you just eat anything and just work the hell out of yourself then?
1: Yeah. So as of late, I've been sticking to a, like a real strict diet. I'm um, not too strict, but like really trying to eat like a five meals a day thing. It's the protein shake. I'm working with a trainer myself, um, just strictly for food and, and like whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. Uh, easy. My first cheat day is gonna be Christmas Eve, so that's a big deal. Christmas Eve for Italians is like freaking yes, like the world world exploding. So you got to you got to be there for that. Um, do you have uh, do you have all the fishes? Most, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> most of the time, I you know would eat what I want like on the weekends, and then just do crazy amounts of cardio to burn it off. So I, I love food. Guilty pleasures probably Taco Bell, honestly.
0: <laughs> wow, you you are you are as my wife is looking at me. You are my gal. You got the Italian fish, yeah. and then you have uh, Martinez. You have the the Mexican horrible Taco Bell. How why Taco Bell? There is so many other better places, but Taco Bell cheap oh, and easy.
1: I love, I love tacos. So I just love Taco Bell. I love everything about it. <laughs> All right, I literally love Taco Bell <laughs> so much.
0: I I do, too. Trust me. Uh, They want to go to McDonald's or something when it's my day to cook, and I'm like, well, it looks like we're going to two fast food places because I'm getting six, seven-layer burritos and going to town on those. I'm such a fat guy. (laughs) I'm such a fat guy. Um, How much wrestling do you get to watch right now? Have it be, again, WWE, AEW, and are you still marking out for things like – let me just say this one: Sting recently returned. Were you yeah that, going crazy?
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, to, to to really go on it, though, like I'm a I'm a highlight person, so I, at least nowadays, I, I can't sit I can't sit through the whole thing. Many people um,
0: can't. Many people can't anymore.
1: Yeah. it's not in three hours. It's like you know a roar or whatever, like that's ridiculous. Like I I, I don't I don't know. I I I don't sit through it. I watch clips, highlights, so I know what's going on. I just can't AEW. I can NXT. I really really like NXT, um, and I really do like AEW. But like the Monday Raw, the Monday Night Raw on the SmackDown, I just I don't, I don't I don't know. It's just I don't know what's going on over there. But it's uh, the talent's insane. It's not like the talent's not good. You know what I'm saying? It's just. I don't know if it's just hard with COVID, too. Like, it makes things weird. Like, I don't know. It's just... Uh, it's like... And I know that the story... The story writing, too, is just... Oh, God. Like, some of the lines that they say, I'm like, that was so corny. Like, you know, it's just not organic. Like, I kind of left why I like AW, because it's just like, you could tell that They ain't... They, they're just... They're just doing it. Like, there's no script. There's no, like... It's all them. You know, I love that. So... It's
0: tough. It's tough to ship new products these days, for sure. It is. DVR is amazing. So you, you lose about an hour worth of commercials. And then if it's something that you're invested in, you watch that 20 minutes or so. Otherwise, it's so easy to zip a match. And I'm a huge Sasha and Bailey fan. I love them. But even them, sometimes yeah. I'm like, uh oh, oh yeah. By the way, how is your dog doing? Sorry, that's something okay. I shouldn't, yeah.
1: She's great. Um, thank God, she's uh fully recovered, and she seems to be doing everything normal now. So everything was a success. Thank God.
0: Is she still mad at you chewing away on stuff?
1: No, she got. Well, she's chewing on herself now. She's she's in her bed looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing, man? This is ridiculous."
0: Yeah, why are you on the phone this long with this weirdo? Thank God you can't hear me. Um, nerdy stuff. You brought up video games that you used to watch on Twitch and stuff. Are you still a vid- big video game fan? Oh, huge. Huge. What are you playing right now? God, I'm dragging this out of you. Come on. You so, should be geeking so out. Resident
1: Evil, 3, <laughs> Resident Evil 3 came out uh, in April. And I, funny story about that. I couldn't get it because of COVID. So they had like no back. Like I would go to GameStop and I'm like, dude, like I'm locked down. I want to play my freaking game. Uh, Nikos actually got that for me. He pre ordered it last Christmas for April. So I was like all stoked about this freaking game. I'm like, dude. I'm like, uh, this game's coming, this game's coming. I didn't get the game until, like, a month ago.
0: Holy so shit. I was
1: playing, like, yeah, like, I was playing, like, the free trials and everything. I'm like, this, this isn't, this isn't content, but I'm huge Resident Evil buff. Um, I go back in time, there. Like, I'll play, like, the old school games and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like Gears of War a lot as well. I've been following that since it came out. Um I do play the wrestling games. I mainly use it to make my gear, to send my gear guy. That's really <laughs> this why I use it. So I create a superstar and I make my gear on the video game. <laughs> um,
0: That's easy. That's but, awesome. Uh, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, I've been doing that since I started. I was like, how am I going to create? I, can, I can't I can't draw. I'm like, oh, well, that's Vicky. doesn't want to pay, pay for shit, so I figure it out myself.
0: <laughs> hey, it works. So, it- yeah. And they have a lot of cool graphics on it. Um, But some of the gameplay recently has been horrid, so we won't touch on all of that. Uh, Sticking with wrestling a little bit, old school? Do you go back and watch some stuff? Because uh, recently we've talked to some wrestlers that they won't watch anything from the 80s. Will you go back that far and watch maybe Flair or... And and, uh, no disrespect, women's wrestling in the 80s was... Uh, more of a sideshow with Moola and May and Wendy and all those guys, but do you take anything from, like, Flair and Dusty or Hogan, Piper, anything?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, it was, as I, I, I didn't, like, back in the day, like, I never went back in time because so I really had no way to Um. Oh, well, until the network right. was, like, released. Um, but once the network came out, you know, it was always suggested to me to kind of like take study back, like, you know, matches back down, like the steamboat versus flare one. And like on, in May of 89, um, you know, like that, that one was always like, Oh, you got to watch that match. You got to watch that match or savage versus steamboat for something. You know, three. Like, you know, there's a lot of like matches that I did go back and watch and whatnot. Um, I am, um, you know, I can't sit here and say, I know the entire history cause I don't. And I mean like, you know, in chronological order of what happened, when, when happened where, like. I just know who people are and the things that they've done, things like that. Of course, um, certain matches I've watched, and I am, um, you know, get to meet these '80s '80s uh, stars um, once or twice a month. So I'm I'm like the pre-show host of the uh, '80s Wrestling Con virtual signing, so I got to meet some pretty cool people these last two months, though. So.
0: Again, you're reading my notes. That's why I went with the 80s thing, because I wanted you to talk about that a little more. Uh, Do you have the the rundown of what's going on with that? Because that's pretty cool. I I saw that you have IRS coming up, um, Valentine and Beefcake you talked to recently. Um,
1: Who else is coming? Yeah, so uh, next month is going to be Coco Beware, which should be interesting. Um, (laughs) So... We really, really like, you know, Tommy Fierro, the guy who owns the wrestling con, he's been promoting shows like for so many freaking years. Um, he's really, really a great guy. Um, you know, and, uh, he brought me in, maybe I want to say it was no October. Maybe. Um, the first one I did was a slaughter and, uh, that was awesome, you know. Like I, that was really cool to be a part of that. And just, just in general, you know, like he, he was also like he sees something in me. This guy Tommy, you know, and he's a really good friend of mine now. And he kind of was like, you know, like I could see you doing this. Like, why don't we do it? You have you on the pre show. Like, I really think that you'd be good for this and and whatnot. So I, I'm like stuck with him now. And you know, uh, it's been pretty cool to kind of do that. We had I uh, slaughter. I had first, then we had demolition. Demolition was amazing. They really are awesome. I have to say, like so far, they are. They take the cake. Um, we had the dream team, uh, last week. They were amazing. Uh, they were so funny. Coco beware. Ted DiBiase on the 11th. I'm very excited for that one. Uh, Mike Rotunda on the 25th, uh, Ron Simmons, which I'm also excited for that.
0: He's a great uh, guy. Wendy
1: yeah. Wendy Richter would be really cool. Cause she's, you know, a, a woman in wrestling. So i would be super cool to be able to sit down with her and Bob Orton. That's, that's pretty much all we have for March right now. I think we might have some ECW guys coming in. I'm not 100%. But, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much the lineup coming up soon.
0: That's awesome. Quick story. Uh, I actually drove Coco Beware from a airport to our little venue that we had here in 1997. Um, We had a teacher pass away in Ridgeway, so we did a a benefit show of wrestling. You know, you have these idiots. There's other ways to do benefit shows, but wrestling can come to town. We're going to have that. So we bring this wrestling event in. Most of the guys drove. Coco was the only one. He's like, I'm going to fly to some place, Dubois, Pennsylvania, and then I need somebody to pick me up. Excuse me. And then, well, all of a sudden, people are like, I got to do this, I got to do this. So they send me, and I had this 1983 Uh, white Chevy Chevette that looked like it just got off of a farm. Um, They send me to get him. I roll up to the airport, and Coco's like, you're seriously picking me up. I'm like, dude, your promoter is busy with other people trying to get them in, this, that. I said, I was the only ride. I said, I'm one of the stagehands or whatever I said that's going to be there to help you and everything. So we bring him back to uh, my best friend's John, the co-host, uh, Pizzeria, where his mom and dad are, again, Italian, don't speak a lick of English. They fall in love with <laughs> Coco Beware that uh, it sometimes, and I don't mean it doesn't speak a lick of English either. So you have, you know, this right off the boat Italian and Coco Beware that's, you know, Southern just running around with words that you don't know. And they hit it off. They were the best friends. After the event, he came back to the pizzeria and hung out for like an hour or so with us, just just chilling. He's a great guy. The, the, the moral of the story is he's a great guy, and you will have a blast with him.
1: Yeah, I heard I heard a lot of good things, so I'm very excited for that for sure. Absolutely, that that should be very interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he looked at me he's like, "Really, you're picking me up? Not not a nice little caddy or anything? No, this white farm equipment vehicle." And I'm like, "Oh my god, why did why couldn't I drive my mom's car that day or something?" <laughs>
1: I yeah, love it. Yeah, um,
0: I know what you're going to say for this one because we always uh, we ask this as our last question, and then we let you talk about your merch, uh, give your business another plug, throw out your social medias and everything. I know where you're going to go with this, but I got to ask it anyway. Dream match. Who, what stipulation, and where? And please don't say, at my house. You know, Madison Square Garden is probably going to be what you say, but go ahead.
1: So, okay, dream match would be Lita.
0: Right.
1: Um, probably would have to say, at a WrestleMania, preferably MetLife. Okay. Um. and stipulation is just a one-on-one, like just a single match, um, you know, and yeah, I've I, I, I believe me. I've dreamt more of teaming with her than facing her, but as I got older, I'm like, I want to wrestle her, man. That'd be awesome.
0: She's saving that one more match for you. She remembers mm-hmm. you. She remembers a two-handed handshake in the awkward moments that you guys had together. I hope so. <laughs> uh,
1: sure I'll see her. Today. I have a feeling.
0: I hope so. I, I really do. All right. Give everybody out your, so. oh, well, actually about, talk about your merch. I know you're in transition of doing something with your merch. You're on Pro Wrestling Tees or what's up?
1: Yeah. So Pro Wrestling Tees is the Vivacious Vicious Vicky store. I have two tees out right now. And then um, on Tee Public, I have the Vicious Hustle Fitness, everything you can imagine for that. <clears throat> and uh, I'm eventually going to be transferring my actual like shirts, And I have new shirts coming out. Um, that I'm going to put on Tee Public instead. So
0: <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, and what about your Vicious Vicky social media?
1: So Instagram is Vicious Vicky. It's an underscore Vicious underscore Vicky underscore, and then Twitter is the same. Um, and Facebook, I don't really give out because it's my shoot name, but it's Vicky Andriola. And I have a YouTube account. If you type in Vicious Vicky or Vivacious Vicious Vicky, it'll come up and you'll see my my uh, my page. You can subscribe to that. I try to post stuff, you know, matches and whatnot here and there. And, uh, yeah, and then Vicious Hustle Fitness is my fitness program that I'm offering to people, whoever you are, wherever you are. Give me a holler, fill out an assessment for free, and we'll go from there.
0: And finally, um, you're either going to have a podcast or a Twitch Right, which one are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, at, at some point, I talk too much. I got to do it.
0: You really do. Uh,
1: you, you. I got. I got to do one or the other.
0: Right. You. You can make money. Uh, you can get. Uh, you can start selling wrestling buddies. Vicious Vicky. Vish, Vicious Wiki wrestling buddies. That'd be great.
1: That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Vicky, I know, I don't know, maybe you have to walk the dog or whatever you have to do, but um, I want to thank you first and foremost for coming on Can Crushers and sharing your story. Again, like I said, if you touch one person and change their life, I think you're doing really what you're supposed to do in life. Uh, I I know you're huge into wrestling and everything. Um, The good Lord's really, really saved you and uh, let you tell your story, and you're going to change lives.
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate that, and I and I feel it too, so 100%. All right, thanks again, and uh, we'll catch
0: up with you soon, I hope.
1: Yeah, no, man, thanks for having me. It was a blast, so I'm glad I got to share everything with you.
0: Absolutely amazing. There, There's no yelling on the back half of this one because what she has done is absolutely amazing, and she's very humble. And I want to thank her for coming on Can Crushers to tell her story to those that did not know this. Um, it, it's unbelievable the amount of pressure and everything that she's been through to bounce back. And, you know, she broke. Uh, we were talking prior to the show, and she's like, I'm going to try to be nice. And then she F-bombed, and she did that. Yes, thank you. I, I love that, Vicki. I love that, you know, it got real. And you told us your story and it's unbelievable, but guys, how about her new business as well, you know, uh, go over, like, subscribe, join, you know, even it's just uh, send her a message saying, holy shit, you, you just changed my life, because Vicky's somebody I want to stay in contact for as long as I possibly can, um, I mean, throughout my life and, you know, where I'm going with this, just everything that she's done, um, she's... Subconsciously, uh, I have this in my head that she's, she's gonna be a life coach for me as well. You guys know what has gone through in my life recently over the last year and a half and everything. Um, I think that she's somebody I can reach out to and say, Hey, Vicki, I'm having a bad day. Can, can we just chat a little bit about nothing, about everything? And I, I think she's gonna be a friend in the business. I, I really do. That, she one, she's gonna go places. Two, that I, I think that I could just reach out and Vicky's gonna be all right. Mark, you know, calm down. Let's let's work through this. Let's work through that because she's that kind of person. She really is. Guys, buy some merch from her. You know, if you're into not that I am because I'm a fat forty-three-year-old drinking bald man. Uh, if you're into the the workouts and everything like that, check out all her stuff. Um, blow her up. Blow up. Vicky, and you know, let's take care of somebody that essentially really wants to take care of the world, and that's that's unbelievable. So again, I thank you, Vicky, for coming on Can Crushers and uh, spreading your words, spe- spreading your story, and uh, helping out everybody that you can. Guys, you know where to hit us up at. We're at Can Crusher sixty nine uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us some messages at cancrusher69 at gmail.com yeah uh man this was a this was a huge one this really was and it's the perfect one to get me back on my feet to bounce into 2021 with you know a new look on life a new job a new this a new that um it meant a lot to have vicky come on the show and chat so guys i hope you had a wonderful christmas new year's is right around the corner uh Don't drink and drive. Be safe. Do all the right things out there. It's not like you're going out anyway. Goddamn COVID. Guys, just remember, just because you're trash today doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot.